everyone, you're listening to Star Scavengers, a Lego Star Wars podcast with a focus on the Freemaker Adventures. I'm one of your hosts, Jonah Marie Macias, and here with me is my co-host, Aaron Goyne. How's it going, Aaron? Pretty good, Jonah. How are you doing today? Good. I'm excited that it's already going to be the end of the year. I mean, I want to start off fresh. <laughs> Next yeah. Week. This, this, yeah, it's coming fast. The new year is coming fast. The holidays are coming fast. I mean, we're kind of, we're right in the middle of the holidays. We are. <laughs> so, we, and it's been a long time since we've done this podcast. So it's awesome to be back doing it. Um, we, we have some cool content that we want to share with people. So we, we have something to share. Unfortunately, it's not a Freemaker Adventures episode review because we don't have any more of those yet, but we're still holding our breath and crossing our fingers for that announcement of season two. I am. I'm waiting eagerly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I need I need more freemakers. I I keep getting reminded of things here and there, and I'm just like, oh man, that reminds me of Rowan. That reminds me of Cordy. So I, it's like subtle signs. So hopefully we'll we'll get something soon. <laughs> yes, and there's there's stuff there's Lego stuff going on. You know the 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 Rogue One sets. You know that have been released. You know, so we're we're probably gonna do a review of the U Wing set in a future episode. Um, you know, I think there's been some, there's been a couple Lego Star Wars books that have come out. Is that right? Yeah. That's, oh, well not, they haven't come out yet, but they're upcoming. Okay. They're, they're coming set for the future. Yeah. So we can talk about those. So there's definitely some things we can talk about to keep this podcast going, but really, you know, we're really hoping for that, the, the Freemaker adventures to continue. So we, we can go uh, forward with the podcast with the episode reviews. But today we have some awesome content that we want to share with everyone. We have a really cool interview that we did. Um, and I'm going to let Jonah kind of explain who the interview's with and what he does. Yeah, so today we have uh, Graham Hancock. He is the editor at Brick Fanatics and the deputy editor at Blocks Magazine. It was a really cool interview. And uh, we had a great chat about Lego and um, a variety of other topics pertaining to it. So we'll play that for you now. Today we have the pleasure of talking with a fellow Lego fan, Graham Hancock, who is the editor at Brick Fanatics and the deputy editor at Blocks Magazine. How's it going? All good, Jane and Marie. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm actually very, very excited to talk Lego with two big Lego fans. I mean, Aaron is a huge Lego fan, and so are you, so this is going to be exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's great to be on Star Scavengers and know that there's other people out there who like the Freemaker Adventures as much as I do. It's really cool. Yeah, <laughs> I love that show. I mean, both of us do. So, And speaking of, there's a quiz over at StarWars.com, so I thought we'd start it off with you taking this quiz so i'm just gonna read out the questions to you and then the answers and then you choose based on those answers just to see who what character of the freemakers adventures you would be great that sounds fun awesome okay so the first question is what is your greatest strength a confidence b intelligence c engineering or d deception oh um yikes uh confidence out of those four i suppose Awesome. I have none. So this is good. <laughs> this is <a> great start. <laughs> okay. Question number two. A family member is in danger. What do you do? A. Rush to save them without thinking ahead. Two. Plan a daring rescue. Three. Help but not without complaining about it. Or D. Finish them off. 
I think that would be three, help them, but definitely I'd have to grumble about it along the way, for sure. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> Question number three, what do you do for fun? A, get into trouble. B, take advantage of others. C, strategize. Or D, tell stories from my own point of view. Oh, um, I suppose I should choose D for that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And question number four, where would you prefer to go on vacation? A city of A, a city of clouds with oh, a city with lots of things to do. B, a beach beachside resort. C, somewhere not too expensive. Or D, anywhere I need to take a plane. Uh, a city with lots to do for that one. A city with yeah. lots to do. Yeah, yeah. that's always fun. <laughs> uh, five, what bothers you the most? A, sitting around. B, the success of others, C, when someone insults my work, or D, poor planning? Probably A, um, yeah, yeah. Sitting, sitting around. around. Yeah, no patience <laughs> for that. <laughs> so question number six, what is your favorite color from these choices? A, yellow, B, brown, C, black, or D, green? Um, D, green. Green is the best. Good choice. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so question number seven, how would you describe yourself? A, enthusiastic, B, helpful, C, the coolest, or D, powerful? Um, enthusiastic, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I would choose that as well, as I am right now. <laughs> very enthusiastic. Question number eight, what is your dream job? A, pilot, B, butler, C, business mogul, or, or D, professional organizer? Oh, um, Wow. <laughs> okay those are four tough choices uh probably d yeah out of those choices yeah professional organizer and question number nine what is the closest to your fashion sense a simple b functional c sleeveless sleeveless or d fashion or fa oh no it's actually d fashion question mark I guess people who know me might say D, but I'd probably say A. I'd go with. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and finally, how good are you at building things? A, so good I don't need to look at instructions. B, I talk others into building things for me. C, I'm better at breaking things. Or D, I'd rather be baking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably A on that one. Awesome. Alrighty, so you are Rowan. Wow, <laughs> okay, that's cool. Yeah, so it says spirited, confident, and always up for an adventure. You enjoy blazing your own path, even if it's sometimes even if it sometimes leads you into trouble. You're a generally happy person, but you can be pretty antsy when there's nothing going on. Congratulations, <laughs> you're the spunky freemaker little brother, Rowan. <laughs> I'm good with that. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I do find myself like whenever I get impatient at the moment, just saying bored, 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 and I realise that it's I I took it from that episode of Freemakers. <laughs> Aaron and I are both cordy. <laughs> yes. Oh, cool! Wow, yeah. I thought maybe you were going to get cordy when you answered it, professional organizer. Right. It yeah. seems like a cordy answer, but I guess that all the other answers kind of threw it the other direction. Yeah. <laughs> I guess out of those four choices, I, I, yeah, that, that was a tricky, a tricky set to choose from. So Graham, I noticed in your bio on the website that you, you used to collect Legos at a very young age. So I was kind of interested to hear what got you into Lego 
Um, you know, what is it? What was your first set? You know, what were the things that got you excited about Lego at an early age? Well, it's tricky remembering exactly what the starting point was. Um, my memories are just like every Christmas having boxes of Lego to unwrap. And that was mainly Lego Pirates, um, a bit of Lego Castle, sometimes Lego City or Lego Town as it was then. And it would just be a variety of different different Lego sets of different sizes and shapes. But it would be um, a really common theme throughout Christmases from, from quite a young age. And Lego Pirates was my main one. That was the one that I absolutely was in love with. And I'm sure it drove my parents crazy because I'd build all these different Lego Pirate sets and have them all over the living room floor because that was the ocean and you'd have stuff going on. And because it's Lego, you can fire cannons and knock bits off of the sets and you can you know, rebuild them. And it was just so much fun. It absolutely captured my imagination, that particular theme. And um, I also loved the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at um, Disney World. And I'm never entirely sure whether my fascination with that or my fascination with Lego Pirates came first. But there was definitely some kind of connection between my interest in the two, I think. Uh, and yeah, there was just something really appealing about Lego to me uh, growing up. Did, do you still have any of the old like pirate sets or castle sets from your youth? I have almost all of my childhood Lego. I'm so fortunate in that sense. Wow. I know someone yeah. that's buying them, so if you you know if you have any for sale, let me know. Uh, unfortunately, there is. <laughs> no is that you? <laughs> yeah, it might be me. <laughs> no, I mean it's absolutely so much fun being able to pull out your old childhood Lego and. Like, there's certain sets that I barely glance at the instructions for. Like, there's some kind of memory in my fingers from doing it so many times as a kid that I just know how they go together, which is really freaky, but um, really cool, too. I'm I'm currently building the pirate set Lagoon Lockup. I don't know if you remember that one. But oh, a... is that one of the, um, the soldiers' ones? Yeah, it's like a little soldier fortress. Um, yeah. And it comes with a, a, little, uh, a little rowboat with a pirate in it, and he's trying to rescue his buddy that's locked up. Um, I think it comes with about six minifigs, but that's that's the one I'm currently trying to rebuild from my childhood. Um, it's it's been interesting, but there are a lot of good sites out there um, that help to find like missing pieces and things like that, uh, like Brickset and Bricklink and things like that. So, yeah, and it's so great that you can find the old instructions online as well. Because one thing when I pulled all of my old Lego out from childhood was that a lot of the instructions were missing but being able to just find it online and build from there is is such a convenient way to do it knowing that you're such a big lego fan how did you go about making it into a career okay well that's kind of um come about by accident i guess in that um so i i, I did a little lego blog called all about bricks for a few years which was really just a place for me to put down my thoughts about Lego. And I posted an article roughly once a week on there, just really to... I wanted to be involved in Lego in some way and put some thoughts out there because writing is kind of what comes naturally to me compared to building my own creations. I like to do that when I get time, but... Um, there are guys out there who, who post loads of things that they built online. And I'm not quite at the stage where I'm comfortable posting what I've built online yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a very specific talent. And I'm not sure it comes as naturally to me as writing. So I, I did this blog 
And then the uh, the Lego magazine block started up and ran for six issues. And then they were looking for a new editorial team uh, to take over on blocks. And I just kind of pointed the guys there towards some of the things I'd written. And uh, it just went from there, really. I started writing for the magazine and I became part of the editorial team. And then more recently in this uh, past few months, the website Brick Fanatics, which had run for about five years under Richard Hayes, who's a huge Lego enthusiast, and he put a lot of uh, a lot of work into that website. He no longer had time to run it, so that website changed hands. And uh, based on my work with Blocks, I was offered the role of editor there. So uh, yeah, it's all happened quite quickly and quite by accident. But um, it's great fun being able to take all of this useless information and years of accumulated knowledge and use it for something that's sort of communicating lego to a broader audience it's so cool because a lot of people are into the idea of how can i make what i love into you know a profession and uh you kind of did that you know (laughs) yeah yeah it's um (laughs) it's it's great it's um it's so much fun and it's so nice being able to to justify (laughs) this really (laughs) wildly expensive and time-consuming hobby with the fact that now it's kind of tied in really nicely with with work um and I mean it has been so much fun over the last year since I've really been uh deeply involved with this talking to so many different people meeting so many other Lego fans who otherwise maybe I wouldn't have met maybe we would never have crossed paths and just finding all these other people out there who share this level of passion and interest in Lego and you know, seeing the number of different niches within the hobby, um, different people's approach to it, the amazing, uh, huge builds that people can put together, and then on the other end of the scale, that people can put tiny little micro builds together with just a few pieces. You know, it's been s- such an eye-opening experience. Agreed. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about Blocks Magazine for people that may not be familiar with it? Like, what can they expect from if they wanted to get an issue of the magazine? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, as I mentioned, like there's so many different sides to Lego fandom. And in Blocks, we try and make sure that we cater to everyone's interest in Lego. So every month, we're going to have features that give you an extra level of insight into how Lego works as a company. So frequently, that's interviews with Lego designers about what they're working on. So if you take our current issue, for example, there's an interview in there with the guy who designed the Nexo Knights Ultimate Knights range, uh, Samuel Johnson. Mm. And he talks through all of the different um, concepts that they pitched for Nexo Knights, how they developed the Ultimate Knights as the little entry point set for that range. And he goes into details about how they were linking the app and the TV series and the products. So really, really interesting insight that you can only get from hearing directly from a Lego designer. But then also in the magazine, we're doing set reviews for people who want to know what might be worth buying, what might be worth skipping, which sets are more likely to appeal to them. When there are big sets like the Disney Castle, we go super in-depth and we make sure we've got lots of cool imagery, lots of interesting facts and tidbits about what you're going to find in there. But then perhaps one of the coolest things that we have in the magazine are our build projects. And with the build projects, we commission some of the most talented fan builders around the world to build unique, original builds that you're only going to find in the magazine. 
that are really going to inspire people to do something different with their bricks. So, for example, this month we've focused on Harry Potter to go along with Fantastic Beasts and where mm. to find them. So we've got a series of builds with one double-page spread based on each film or book from the series telling the story of Harry Potter in our sort of Lego way. And we've got Fantastic Beasts and how to build them. So <laughs> it shows all the different beasts from that film recreated in Lego, some of them with instructions and things, some of them with breakdown shots to show you some cool techniques and things that you can use. So we're really trying to hit lots of different aspects of the Lego hobby and find content that's going to be really appealing to people who have an interest in Lego. Awesome. Um, and speaking of, because you had mentioned that the magazine includes set reviews, what were your personal thoughts on the Freemaker Adventures Lego sets, like the <laughs> Star Scavenger and Nari's ship? Yeah, Um so with the two Freemaker Adventures sets, um, like the Star Scavenger is the one that everyone's going to want if you've seen that series. Like in my mind, that is the absolutely key set um, from the animation. But I didn't think it was as strong as a Lego set as Nare's ship because of how scaled down it had had to be in order to fit the price point and the size of the box and so on. Um, it was great as a kind of midi scale ship um you know somewhere a little bit smaller than what is in scale to a minifigure but what would have been so awesome is if that had been a big kind of hundred dollar millennium falcon size set that would have been so cool but um i guess that wasn't what they were able to do with it so i was slightly disappointed by that set but on the other hand i thought the eclipse fighter was absolutely brilliant i thought the scale of it relative to what you see on tv was so accurate and it was so similar to the actual version that you see in the animation. That one really um really impressed me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really liked the Star Scavenger or the Star Scavenger set. Um and the Eclipse Fighter. A uh, reason being because I just I like to place them on my shelf and they look they fit very nicely <laughs> on the on my <laughs> shelf given the, the how small it is. So I, I kinda like the scale of it currently yeah. as it is, but I could definitely uh, see it being a bigger bigger set for sure. Yeah, I kind of agree with you, Graham, when it came to the Star Scavenger specifically. The the scale of it was, because they had to size it down, it, it seemed like some of the detail of the ship was missing. And um, But yeah, so it, it is a, it's a fun set, and I think the, the strong point of that set is it comes with all the great minifigs, and it comes with the Absolutely. entire crew. So you, you don't have to buy, because a lot of times they'll... They'll kind of scatter the crew out through multiple sets, so you have to buy you know <laughs> yes. three or four sets to get the entire crew of of a ship. But I like how they're all in one set, and that that was really nice. And it was at a good price point too. You know, if they had made it that hundred dollar set, that would have made it less accessible, I guess, to the to some of the fans. Exactly, and I think we were really lucky to get those two sets. If you think about that, the Force Awakens is out, that Rebels is out. There was plenty of other content for the Lego group to focus on. But the fact that they did chose to put those two in the assortment also, I think was a really nice move and really lucky for those of us who really like the series and want to be able to have something physical from it. So we talked about your kind of history as a fan of Lego, but how about when it comes to Star Wars? Were you always into Star Wars, even through childhood as well? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um so, so sitting alongside um, all those Lego boxes I was unwrapping at Christmas. 
so were a bunch of Star Wars action figures and various toys and books and things like that. Um, again, I mean, in, in the, one of the great things about both Lego and Star Wars is a lot of my memories of them as a child is related to spending time with my parents and my family and friends and things. And um, yeah, I think that really helps, really helps cement how much they mean to me later in life and kind of like you know as, as you as you grow up you kind of look back fondly on various memories of them all and with star wars um again something about about the classic trilogy seeing it as a child just really really struck me and really appealed to me and it's just something that's this continued ever since really um kind of seeing the prequels get released and having the hype for those and all of the excitement that went around that was really cool and then the fact that everything carried on in the time since Revenge of the Sith was released was really nice, really exciting. Um, it wasn't like there was any lull, really, in it. You know, you had the Clone Wars uh, coming, you had regular content there. And in the case of Lego Star Wars, that really almost grew up after the prequels came out. It became more popular after those films, which is really bizarre when you look at almost any other toy line in the way that it has to have some kind of movie release, TV, some kind of content to support it. But in the case of Lego Star Wars, after the film's finished, it became more popular, which was just incredible. Um, and Lego Star Wars has that extra appeal for me because of liking both as a child. And I was just on the cusp of thinking that I probably was at that age where I should stop playing with Lego. And then I was in Toys R Us and there was an end cap of Lego Star Wars <laughs> products. And that was what it was like a moment of clarity, like, no, I have to buy all of those. I have to have this Lego Star Wars. I'm not too old for this stuff, you know. Um, and, yeah, it kind of, ever since then, it's been a case of buying all of it and, uh, yeah, being ridiculously interested in it. <laughs> Do you have a favorite Lego, Star Wars Lego set by any chance? I've been thinking about this, and it's a really difficult question because <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I find there's certain ones that I love for certain reasons, and it's really hard to pick just one. Um, Give us like three. What's your top three? <laughs> <laughs> well, if I was really pushed, I think the um, Ultimate Collector Series Millennium Falcon was something so impressive and so on another level that I would probably choose that as, as the best one. Um, or my favourite one. I think particularly because at that time, Lego hadn't done many sets that cost that kind of money, that had that kind of piece count. So when you were putting together something on that size, it was such a novelty to have an official set like this. Because in many ways, that set was closer to a fan-built thing than a Lego traditional Lego set. It was um, a real revelation, something really unique. And it just looks so damn impressive. Um, finding room for it to be displayed is another matter entirely. But it looks really cool when it's uh, when it's built up. And yeah, I, I really love that set. Have you been following the sets that are coming out? This is a silly question. Of course you have. The sets that are coming out for Rogue One. Um, are any of those sets, have you built any of them yet? And do any of them like impress you? I've built the um, the five that have come out already I've built. And, oh, which is the best of those? Um, I did really enjoy the U-Wing. I know there's a lot of controversy about the design of it, and it's not to everybody's taste. But I found the unique shape of it really um, made it a really enjoyable build experience. 
I think the color scheme is quite unique in the range and that made it quite fun too. Um, I think Krennic's Imperial Shuttle was quite a fun build actually also. I, that impressed me in that it was built in quite a different way to previous Imperial Shuttles and the fact that the design itself is quite different was fun also. Um, so those were the two that probably stood out to me from the Rogue One range. I, I built the U-Wing and it's actually, it was one of my favorite builds. I love kind of some of the, the function that they build into it. I like when they when they build into a Lego set something you're not expecting as far as the yeah. way something works, like how they designed the the shooters to work from a button on the top of the ship, but you actually build the button. And yeah. you can barely see that button, right? It's right. so well hidden. In yeah. The, yeah, and it was really clever because I, as I was building it, I was kind of confused about why are these pieces so loose, and you know, and, and yeah. then all of a sudden it all came together. <laughs> and um, I love how the wings fold back and attach. I hadn't heard that there was controversy on the design. Are you meaning the design of the ship itself or the, the actual Lego design? Yes, the ship itself. I just remember there being a lot of debate when it was first seen. Oh, um, okay. yeah. A lot of fans seemed uh, not to be too fond of it. That's interesting because it's such a cool design. <laughs> yeah, it fits in so nicely. I I completely agree. Yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, I'm with you, Jonah. I agree. It's a I, it's a really cool ship design. And when, when they first revealed that the the wings actually flip back and give it more of a starfighter look, I was like, wow, that even makes it even cooler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And the wingspan on the Lego set when you flip those back is so impressive. Oh yeah, it's it like is. a really huge set. Yeah, yeah. It's it talk about needing space to display. It. Yeah, that one when you flip the wings <laughs> back, it's it is huge. Um, and I, the Jin Urso minifig as well is really good. It's one of my favorite minifigs. She is really nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the um the hat and hair piece that they've got going on there. I think that's really cool. And the poncho and then the the rocket launcher that you build that she can hold. It's all of that that entire minifig. The detail of it is is definitely one of my favorites that I have in my collection. I didn't know you could build her rocket launcher. That's neat. Yeah, that's a, it's a cool little. It's they just use regular Lego pieces that you wouldn't expect, and when you put them all together, it, it turns into a rocket launcher. You know, it's a it's, yeah, yeah. it's not just like a standalone weapon. You actually build it. Another minifigure that's really nice in the range is Chirrut in the Imperial Assault hover tank set. And there's something about him. He's got like a cloth piece um, for his kind of a uh, skirt or whatever you'd call it. And then you build some little weapons for him. And he just looks so badass with it all put together. He's really nice as a minifigure. Really, really cool. Yeah, definitely. My friend at work has that set. And so he uh, he actually let me use uh, the figures from that set so I could display them with the U-Wing. <laughs> <laughs> Good friend. Uh, so briefly going back to um the blocks magazine in august there was a an in-depth look at the freemaker adventures and that was a really cool magazine i remember they had given it out i think at celebration in europe and um what was something that stood out to you in the process of making of working that on that magazine the thing that stuck with me the most was um the amount of thought and care that was going into a Lego Star Wars show. So we'd had the previous specials, like um, starting with the Padawan Menace and then going into things like the Yoda Chronicles and Droid Tales. And I enjoyed all of those, particularly the Padawan Menace, which I think is one of the funniest Star Wars parodies that's ever been made <laughs> in any format. Um, 
but I think a limitation that they reached with those specials was having to use existing characters. Because I felt that the characters that tended to work the best in those were characters like the Padawans, rather than bringing in characters like Yoda and C-3PO, who sometimes didn't always ring as true to their movie versions, um, as you would expect. But with the Freemaker Adventures, opening it up into this whole new world, bringing in a new cast of characters that fit into Star Wars, but were something different to who we'd met before, really gave a lot of new scope uh, for them to explore something really interesting. And then how closely Lucasfilm and Lego were collaborating on it and the kind of talent that Lucasfilm were bringing in to work on the show, that was the thing that struck me the most. The quality and calibre of the people that were brought in to work on it and then how passionate they all were about making it just as authentic a piece of Star Wars as anything else that's out there. You know, this was being thought about in the same way that Rebels would be. You know, and previously, I don't know the inside scoop on to what extent that was the case. But this time, you really felt it very strongly in speaking to the people working on it. And I think it also shone through in the finished series really well also. Yeah, yeah. And I remember scouring through eBay, trying to get my hands on that magazine. And I did. <laughs> You've got and my it... email for next time, so you can just let me know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I really wanted to get my hands on that. And it was it's actually really cool how you guys go into... Um, they're like there are pages where it focuses on different aspects of the show and different different uh, key creators and whatnot, and you know some of their favorite characters, some of their Lego favorite Lego sets growing up. So that that was a really neat uh, edition of the magazine, and I I congratulate you guys on making that because it, it was really outstanding. Well, thank you so much for saying that because it was an awful lot of work um, to put it together at the time. Um, and particularly the number of people who we spoke to for it, it was a case of thinking, how is everyone going to keep track of all of these different names? Especially <laughs> when you have like John, Jason working on it, you've got Bill and Bob and lots of people with similar similar names and things. So those little pull out boxes with people's favorite things uh, seemed like the perfect way to keep track of everyone, but also for everyone to be able to share their Lego memory, their Star Wars memory, because everybody's got one and everyone wants to offer it to you. But how do you work all of those things in? So, yeah, it was um, seemed a really fun way to kind of give a bit of personality to the people who were behind the series. Awesome. Uh, Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, did we lose Aaron? <laughs> Oh no, I talked for too long in San <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what happened. Hey, I'm back. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> hey, Aaron. I have kids here, so my wife is at oh, work. No my wife is at work, and my kids are, are being pretty good in the other room, but um, I got interrupted there for a second. Oh. Sorry. No problem. No problem. Um, so we took the quiz earlier with you, and you got Rowan as the kind of the character you're the most like, at least from that, that 10 question quiz, do you have a character in Freemaker Adventures that's kind of your favorite or one that you relate with? Well, I'm, I'm going to be difficult and pick two characters who I really like um, <laughs> because I love Roger and uh, I guess everyone loves Roger. Like he is such a, a standout character in that show. And I mean, 
some of his lines of dialogue are just they're so clever and so well constructed and he just consistently made me laugh episode after episode and whenever Roger was on screen you know you're going to get some some comedy gold out of him I think there's a great line where he said uh, something about like he's the most beloved member of a scrappy salvage team and Rowan's his rapscallion sidekick and I just (laughs) thought his whole point of view on everything was so much fun and I mean, the episode where Rowan is um, getting him to replay aspects of the Clone Wars so he can train as a Jedi, and Roger's having these really traumatic memories and having to go through them over and over and over. I just thought that was brilliant. It was so much fun. Agreed. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or how he writes, his, he has his own like biography that he's written. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> and I mean, for Matt Wood to be able to take a character who during the movies says like nothing more than, you know, Roger, Roger, and, you know, he's barking orders at one another and take it in that comedic direction, I think he's so impressive. And like for him to be able to demonstrate his range as a voice actor, I think it's such a such a cool thing to be able to get in there. And who's your second favorite? Grabala, the hut. Yes, <laughs> definitely. I love Grabala so much. Again, any scene that Grabala was going to be in, I was like, "Yeah, this is going to be funny." I mean, <laughs> just the whole beachside resort and buffet running gag of him trying to sell it to Jabba, and um, and the episode where you've got Grabala reporting back to Jabba and trying to get out of everything, and you've got Nare reporting back to the Emperor and trying to get out of everything, and I, I just absolutely loved the the whole relationship between him and Jabba and then and then his very fragile ego and the people who he's got around him and his awareness that he'd not succeeded very far and his <laughs> awareness that everyone who he had to work with was completely useless and not of much help to him I mean he's just such a such a funny character yeah totally brilliant I love his his little I guess you could say sidekick is Yuppo <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was gonna say that too, Joda. I was like, yeah, we're big, we're big fans of his sidekick, Yepo, <laughs> Tordarian, <laughs> the Tordarian that gets very few lines. And Ram and Bash are are just perfect. They're they're so good. Oh, and Dengar, Dengar's no, Dengar is you know the best in Freemaker Adventures than he's been in anything that he's been in. That's so, so true. <laughs> yes, by far, definitely. <laughs> He's never been given that much credit before. Yeah, the teddy bear. (laughs) I took took the teddy bear accessory from my sleepyhead minifigure and gave it to Dengar. Oh, that's awesome. So that he appears because that was was my one disappointment with the Eclipse Starfighter is that Dengar should have had his teddy bear with it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's perfect. (laughs) Oh, and do you have a favorite episode? Um, I find it tricky to pick a specific episode, but I did really like, um, it always sticks in my mind, the Kyber Saver Crystal Chase, where they're in Emperor Palpatine's museum. Yes. Um, (laughs) There's just so many great gags and great things in that episode. Um, Just the whole egotistical nature of the way Palpatine is presented in the show, the fact that he's got these amazing museums to himself, and literally they are just consistently artifacts of him and there's the merchandise relating to him i I thought that was absolutely brilliant right i really loved how everyone 
kept getting distracted as they were moving along. Yes. And then going down to the last one. And you think he's not going to get distracted at all. And all of a sudden, he sees a buffer machine. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> uh, my favorite part of that episode was the, uh, the animatronic emperor that was telling people that the bathroom was not quite operational. Yes, yes, that was an absolutely great gag, yeah. Oh, I love gosh. the fact that Derpin and Plume Striker are in there as well. Yes. Because those characters, again, and this is one of the things that impressed me so much about the Freemaker Adventures, is when I um, was working on the article for Blocks, um, obviously that was ahead of time before the show had aired. So it seems very tight, the focus on this family. And I never imagined that there would be such a broad supporting cast around them. And all of these different comical villains popping up all over the place. And yeah, just like Derpin and Plumestriker, who could have been really easily throwaway characters, but they both got such personality and such a perfect sense of humor and seemed to really capture people who you knew in real life so well. Yeah, always hiding. You know, you don't want to be confrontational. You always want to hide in the background. <laughs> and he was so happy when he was demoted. <laughs> exactly. I sympathized with him so much throughout the show. I think I felt more sorry for him than any other character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could totally see characters. There, there are characters that have been introduced in the Freemaker Adventures that I could see kind of making the crossover into some of the canon products, like, you know, the books or novels, um, or even the movies. You know, I could see a character like Durpin showing up, you know, as an officer in, yeah. in like, a movie or, or even in, like, Rebels. Something like that would be fun. That would be fun to have, like, a little cameo or something for one of those characters. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. We're, we're, yeah. we're crossing our fingers for a handful of those there. <laughs> You know, maybe a, a Roger appearance in uh, in something would be really cool. That, that'd be that'd be pretty easy to do, considering he's just a battle droid. <laughs> I'd love to get a uh, if Grabala's name is dropped in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that just a nice name drop or something would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I suppose you have to be careful which character you would choose to bring into the canon, because I imagine they could be quite a disruptive force on <laughs> whatever storyline is going on in that moment. If Rowan wanders in and uh, sees something shiny that he wants to play with or, uh, <laughs> or Roger's tasked to do something and completely screws it up for everybody. <laughs> I can see the whole, if, if, a, if a Freemaker adventures character or something from that show were to transfer over to either a novel or a comic, I can see that, being something that would fry certain fans' minds. Like, <laughs> is that canon now? Is the show canon? What does it all mean? <laughs> what does it all mean? Yes. It's... <laughs> I'm that type of fan, so. <laughs> I used to be that type of fan, but I think in the in the sort of new Disney world of things, I've been able to be a lot more relaxed about it. Like, since Definitely. the Expanded Universe got put to one side and they just said, yeah, that some of it counts most of it doesn't i've been able to be a lot more relaxed with my uh take on it all definitely you, ha- think- you almost have to be in order to to continue to be a, a happy fan you have to just kind of let things go <laughs> <laughs> absolutely i think particularly the great thing about a lego star wars animation as well is that you give it uh, more latitude than you would something that was very clearly canon because these are minifigures 
you know, their hair's falling off when they crash land and things. So, you know, you, there's a certain disconnect where you're not taking it too literally what you see on screen. Yeah, yeah. And I've heard some fans saying that they would have much preferred to have Freemaker Adventures as an actual series, sort of like Rebels or Clone Wars. Yeah. But I feel like the Lego the Lego version really lends itself to them just doing those kind of crazy things, like when Rowan and and um xander's hair gets switched you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, or when they you know take it off to dust it off you know that you can't really do that and 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 then it really helps with the comedy and uh, helps with the the humorous part of that show definitely and mm. you can't um you couldn't focus on building so much in another <laughs> show you wouldn't have the whole creativity angle that runs throughout it if it was a regular kind of star wars series um, I guess it would just be more of a straight action adventure thing, because I think in many ways there's a lot of similarities to Lego, uh, to Lego, to Rebels, in the in those few, first few episodes when they're establishing the kind of dysfunctional family and they're getting into scrapes and adventures in various places. I think there are definitely similarities to Rebels, but then there's so many distinctions in terms of the building, the creativity. Um, the more reluctant way that the Freemakers are drawn into the galactic conflict, whereas the, in Rebels the characters are a lot more proactive. So mm -hmm. I think it definitely is nice that it has that Lego distinction that sets it to one side and means you can enjoy it as a separate thing. Definitely. And even the kind of the overall theme of, of the show, the positive theme about like the line they use, be a builder, you know, that's something that... I love how the Lego aspect kind of goes into that where, you know, they're tr Rowan is trying to be a positive force in, in the universe and as being a builder and building things up and building people up and, and not breaking things like uh, someone like uh, Nare is doing. So, and that works so perfectly when you talk about Lego, because that's what Lego is all about being a builder. Absolutely. And I think the, um, the Lego team, who work on all of these uh, external animated uh, TV shows, features and show on, are so aware of ensuring that the Lego side of it comes through, that the aspects of building, creativity, family, and all of these things, you know, be it in the Lego movie, be it in the Freemaker Adventures, uh, the Lego Batman movie that they've got coming up, they're so aware of, of having these themes within them and making sure that, it's not just Star Wars with a Lego skin on it. It's not just Batman with a Lego skin on it. It's actually Lego Star Wars, Lego Batman. Very true. And, you know, with season one having ended and the DVD coming out in December, I'm really excited to get that. Yeah. <laughs> if, there is, if there is a second season, what is it that you would like to see personally? That is such a good question, and I'm not... 100% sure I know what I want from it because I was really <laughs> surprised with the ending when um, Admiral Akbar contacts Rowan to recruit him. I did not see that coming. Um, I didn't see it either. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would just end. I thought it would be like a self-contained sort of series where it would have a nice ending and then that would be it. But they kind of left it open for, for more things to come. And we were just talking about people having cameos or people having books and comics and things but if they're joining the rebel alliance does that mean they are going to bump into the characters of rebels i mean it's very much in the same sort of time frame 
Oh no, I guess it's after. It's in between. It's in between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Oh, so it's a little bit later, I guess. Yeah, yeah so that's not such a Re- sure thing. But yeah, mm-hmm. but it's still a possibility, I guess. We don't know whether the Rebels crew, is, the crew of the Ghost, are still knocking around in that time period or not. So um, I guess that's a possibility. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then you can do whatever. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. With it, within reason, I guess. <laughs> but you never I mean, know. I... And... Uh-huh. I'd love to see Grabala again in season two. That's that's oh my, my that's my biggest request. That's my most important uh, thing with it. But beyond that, I'm I'm just fascinated to see how the family will work as part of the Rebel Alliance. How they'll slot into that um, because they're so fiercely independent. Especially Cordy, for example, um, isn't going to be too keen on being told what to do or anything like that. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and she wants to make a profit. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> and the the Rebel Alliance doesn't exactly pay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, precisely. <laughs> but it'd be hilarious if Gravala actually, if they do make a second season and we see Gravala again, like if he had his beachside resort and somehow it got uh. Uh, exploded or like it got damaged <laughs> or something. <laughs> like he I, I finally feel... had the dream and it all got crushed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd watch a whole Grabala spin-off show, I think, kind of, yeah. Lego Star Wars, Grabala the Hut stories, you know, like, what's it like being a Hut gangster, but not being, you know, the main guy, but not being Jabba, like, his adventures trying to sort of make his way in the galaxy, yeah, I th- I'd, I'd watch that for sure. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> what do you hope to see in season two? What do you guys think's coming up? Hmm, I'd love to see Rowan develop his abilities more maybe under maybe if luke was still around or maybe if they introduce another jedi character um i'd love to see that um and him continuing his building uh skills and whatnot so that that i would oh and jack i would love to see jack return because we kind of saw that appear um towards the very end of that episode where jack 13 uh, was introduced so it'd be cool for him to return in some way and become a mentor to to rowan I, i'd love yeah. to see that i breathed such a sigh of relief when his hand popped up from that yes. pile of bricks at the end like i was i was really really concerned for a few minutes and really really unhappy like i was so not cool um if he if his character was dead so yeah i was i yeah, I dread to think what the children thought when they were watching it because I, I had a few moments of real panic there. Same. So, yeah, I'd love to see Zach back, definitely. <laughs> what about you, Aaron? I think it'd be cool if somebody, if like you said, if there was some mentor for Rowan, um, you know, like I don't know if Luke would be the right choice just because to have Luke meet another Jedi at this point would kind of be weird, I think, in the whole overall story of Star Wars. He seems very thinks that he's alone in the universe as far as when it comes to Jedi, but you know maybe Rowan goes off somewhere into the galaxy and meets up with somebody like a Kanan or somebody that's kind of off you know out of the main conflict uh, but still alive and somebody that can kind of continue his training would be kind of cool. Um, yeah, and I, I hope to see Rowan grow up a little. I, I wouldn't mind if they do a little bit of a time jump so he's got his full size legs. <laughs> Yeah, if and this then, runs for a number of seasons, that's going to be a really interesting question. At what point does a minifigure go from short legs to full-size legs? What does that represent? Like, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Roger would still be baking his cookies, his sand cookies. <laughs> yes. That's, um, um, one thing that I do hope for season two is that um, there is still a strong focus on those core characters. Because although it's nice to see them interact with characters from the movies and the other TV content, uh, I think they're strong enough as a cast on their own to carry the series. And I don't think it's necessary to always go back to characters we know from the movies and so on. I think the Freemakers themselves have become a really compelling family. And I think the dynamic between them, the way they play off for each other, how strongly drawn the characters are, means that that they really can carry the show. So, um, yeah, I hope there's a real strong focus on them in the in the next season and that we don't deviate too much into characters that we already know. Mm-hmm, definitely. And uh, what is it about Lego that excites people's imaginations? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Because it seems oh, to wow. <laughs> be a source of inspiration to a lot of people. I always ask other people that question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I feel guilty because it's a really hard one to answer. But I, I, I think it... I think everyone engages with lego in a different way uh people find different things that they like about it um but fundamentally i think the thing that appeals to everyone of so many ages um and has done for such a long time is that you can start with a pile of bricks a bunch of different pieces and they're just loose pieces on the desk but then when you finish with them you've combined them into something that you can display or play with or fiddle with and it's there's something so fulfilling about doing that there's something almost therapeutic about it there's something that feels so satisfying when you've got that finished model built knowing that you you didn't start with anything you just started with loose bricks and I think that's perhaps the universal thing that appeals to everyone like whether people just build the set from the box they get that if people are building their own things, they get that maybe on an even to an even greater degree. But then I think it also must be noted that the brand itself um, signifies something to people. Um, people choose Lego rather than other construction toys because it's so well made. Um, you know, Lego designers work for years on making sure things are absolutely right. There's such rigorous quality control. And over the years, the brand has really come to represent something about creativity, about humor and imagination and fun and sharing. And it's come to mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. Um, so, yeah, I think, I, think, I think it really is that power of creation that the Lego group always talk about that, um, that excites people. Yeah, yeah. And I, I see it with my little cousins all the time. They love playing with Lego more than any other construction brand out there so uh lego's doing it right (laughs) absolutely and they've got they've got star wars which helps (laughs) my son is is now really starting to pay attention whereas before he would kind of he'd find a pile of bricks and you know put one or two together but he's only four years old so he he wasn't quite in the age range but he's just now getting to the point where he can start to follow the instructions and and he sees me building all these sets, um, and so he wants to. So I, yesterday I actually went out and bought him his first set that's like his. And he got oh, wow. one of the old, uh, or not, he got the, um, what do they call them, Ninjago, 
which is kind of their version of Pirates versus Ninjas, uh, yeah. which I never was interested in in anything Ninjago, but he's all about you know a pirate trying to capture a magical sword from a ninja that flies a dragon. Yeah. So <laughs> so he has his own set now. So and it's 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 that conflict as as a parent when you are a collector of Lego, but you know Lego in the at the end of the day they're they're toys and so your kids want to play with them but you know they don't understand that they're not to be played with you know it's that whole yeah dynamic so it's now it's like okay these are your Legos and these are mine and don't touch mine <laughs> <laughs> so as you're coming down to the end of this uh what are some projects that you're working on or Lego related things that you want to promote here on the show oh well um we have a Lego Star Wars Rogue One issue of Blocks that's due for release on the 15th of December. So that's pretty exciting. Awesome. We've um, reviewed all of the new Rogue One range that's out at the moment. We've got an interview in there with the um, lead designer on Lego Star Wars. So that's a lot of fun. And there's uh, Star Wars build projects in there. We've got Daniel Jamieson doing some amazing uh, imagery for us based on the Rogue One trailers. He does some incredible work on um, Lego Star Wars posters. He often takes the Star Wars theatrical movie poster and converts it into Lego. So he's done some really lovely work for us along those lines. And if you're a fan of Lego, fan of Star Wars, that's going to be a pretty exciting issue of the magazine. Um and then on Brick Fanatics, we're just keeping everyone up with the latest Lego news day to day. And occasionally we have interviews, features, reviews, and that sort of thing also. So lots of Lego things keeping me busy as usual. Awesome. And where can fans find you online? So you can follow me on Twitter at GrahamH underscore 100. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Graham. I mean, this was a lot of fun to talk about freemaker adventures and just our general thoughts on lego because i don't really do this regularly with people around me <laughs> i seem to be the only lego fan in my family <laughs> well besides my little cousins but they don't really talk on the level that i do <laughs> we'll have to do it again because i've had a lot of fun and i really love your podcast you guys do a really great job here and um yeah it's really fun to look forward to listening to fantastic thank you so much so that was our interview with Graham Hancock. I hope you all enjoyed it. And stay tuned for our next episode when we'll talk more about Freemaker Adventures and any upcoming projects that may be related to Lego. Yes, and you can find us on iTunes as usual. And if you haven't left us a review yet and you enjoy our show, uh, head on over to iTunes leave us a nice five-star review. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash starscavengers, Twitter at starscavengers, Shoot us an email, starscavengers at gmail.com, and you can always find all of our episodes at our website, www.starscavengers.com. And until next time, be a builder and don't mess with the Freemakers. Makers.